The following program is presented by the HTM Podcast Network. Welcome to the debut episode of HTM Tech, presented by the Hitting the Marks Podcast Network. We can be found on Facebook and Twitter by searching at the HTM Tech Pod. You can listen to the podcast on Podbean, iTunes, Google Podcasts, Castbox, and we show up in a lot of the other podcasters out there as well. As always, I am Big Joe, and for this new show, I am not alone, folks. I do have a guest who I have worked with before. We'll get into that a little bit, but please welcome to the HTM podcast, Gunstar Hero. Welcome, sir. Thank you for having me, Big Joe. Good to be here. It's been a while, brother. We are not strangers to each other. We used to do the Joystick Justice League on YouTube. We did that for quite a while, and we kind of parted ways for a while. And then, strangely enough, we have kind of crossed paths against here, and we are going to talk about some technology. Yeah, I'd see it's a good fit. I've been talking a lot about that stuff on my other podcast London Rising so I won't be as conspiratorial here <laughs> as I get into on the, the other podcast but it's it's definitely it definitely fits uh, my 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 themes and and what my passions are so yeah it's 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 good to uh, we have a good we have a good agenda here yeah absolutely uh, you know the um other stuff too, conspiracy and whatnot. It's definitely going to probably happen, and uh, you know already we're getting some uh, some uh, already some uh, social media uh, feedback here. We'll we'll silence that while we're recording here. But uh, you know we'll definitely get because I mean that there's obviously the stuff going on with China and what and what, but we'll, we'll get into that you know in subsequent episodes here. But to kind of kick off the first topic of this new show here, uh, Mike or uh, sorry uh, with uh, with you here, um, the you let the real name slip there, Joe. Yeah, it's okay. I can edit this all out later, later or we can keep it in. Just uh, we'll, we'll just maybe yes, leak, leak it in there once. Like so the. Microsoft Surface event. This happened a little while ago. I think it's been a few weeks now, but I still wanted to kind of bring this up because they they showed a lot of stuff here, and there's some really interest, interesting stuff going on with the Surface line of products. Absolutely, and uh, a few surprises that I didn't really see coming, especially near the end. Mm-hmm. Um, I have to say, I'm pretty impressed with what they've been able to pull off. I, I haven't been following Surface as much. I, I I was I was paying attention to it a few years back when they first started. In- villain the two-in-one yep and i thought it was a cool idea uh i know my my nephew actually had one and he he enjoyed it quite a bit yep but um the one thing i was never really that impressed with was the design I, it was it's in its infancy whereas i feel now with some of the stuff i see coming down they've, they've really solved a lot of those issues mm-hmm. and are starting to feel more apple-ish in their design in many ways I don't think that that is uh, by accident, by any stretch of the imagination, as anybody who follows technology and has for as long as we have know that the the two have constantly, you know, collaborated uh, on a lot of things, but also that, you know, they compete directly against each other uh, for, for a long time. And this is no exception because, you know, especially when it comes to the tablet kind of form factor, this is something that Apple has clearly been dominating in. I'd say so. 
and in terms of things I saw again, like in terms of their, their they, that's the one thing they did mention. Well, flow seemed to be a big buzzword during this whole conf- yep. conference, and I'm sure we'll get into that. But also the valuing of form and function. And you could see it very, very clean lines, very good design, and that yep. nice aluminum casing, which I thought was was pretty damn sexy. Yep, I can I can almost hear Johnny I from Apple, well, no longer with the company, uh, aluminium. Um, yeah, it's definitely made of some very, very uh, nice aluminium. And I got to say, for this presentation, right off the bat, for those who have followed Microsoft for a long time, you know, when it comes to Windows and the Surface, the Xbox and whatnot, what I like about this presentation is that we've gone away from the Steve Ballmer days. Now, you're well aware of this, Mike, and, and listeners might be aware with all the the face the, the memes and stuff out there. When, when this guy was running the company and doing these presentations, it was just absurd the way that this guy would be on stage. It made them look bad. The guy who's doing the presentation this time, Panos Panay, very cool, calm, and collected. A little, little kind of funky here and there with some, uh, some funky... Uh, ill-timed jokes and whatnot, but a lot calmer and it just, it, it comes off as classier than when Steve was kind of doing things. Sorry. Uh, his, his, his ramping up of the geeking out through the conference was, was, I have to admit was kind of charming. Yeah. Uh, and especially about, I'd say three quarters of into he, you could tell he's getting a little hyper, like, like the, 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 the tech, the, 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 the details were, yeah. were really starting to get to him. And it was, it was fun to see his, his passion coming out. He yeah. seemed to be really, Genuinely excited about some of the stuff that's coming out, not just in like a corporate speak fashion. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So, what, what are your okay? So, what do you want to get into? Do you want to get into what we already know about in terms of like how the surface is evolving, or do you want to get into like the big and one more thing that we saw at the end? Do you want to just what do you where do you want to go with this, Joe? Well, first of all, they did an update to just the regular Surface, the Surface mm-hmm. laptop, which is interesting. They've uh, they made it a very much a point to kind of. Um, Point to point this out that pretty much every, especially every metal design laptop, when you, you close it up around the screen, has a, a rubber bumper to you know prevent causing damage to the mm-hmm. screen or whatnot. They they really made it a point to say though this doesn't have that. Now my only kind of concern could be with that design is when you you close that screen up to everything like that. There's no space there, so if you trap dirt or whatever, I, just, I would be scared of it causing some damage. So. Be curious to see how that kind of lasts over time. But uh, they gave everything kind of a nice spec bump. The Surface Pro X is essentially just a Surface on steroids. That thing looks really impressive. Pretty beefy. Yeah. Very, very beefy. Um, yeah, it, it just seems like it's uh, overall versatile. I think I, can, I think it can take a beating mm-hmm. to some extent. For sure. And it's just a, it, it with all of this kind of stuff, you know. Like we got the uh, we got the service earbuds. We got oh, all kinds of stuff. They just they, they really want to get to every kind of form factor out there. That, that, that's clearly the whole point of this whole thing is that they want something for everybody to use. Yeah, and, and getting back to that whole idea of flow that kept coming up throughout the conference. You know, being in your yep. flow, not breaking your flow. They really are trying to go for some kind of integrated design between not only devices, but between different systems, whether it's Windows, whether it's Xbox, um, and and even little things. Like you mentioned the earbuds. I Mm -hmm. I thought it was really impressive when they did that real-time demonstration uh, of how quickly um, translation works in real time. Yeah. 
So you can be speaking English and it'll automatically translate into one of 60 different languages as you're speaking. And then you have the new stylus pen where you can actually finally draw into Excel while mm -hmm. you're doing all these different things. So multitasking has, has become a, a big focus for them, which I think is, is really cool. The only thing I'm wondering, though, is is with this focus on flow and decreasing latency and being able to do more and more at once, what happens to our level of patience when this stuff doesn't go off, mm -hmm. you know, as, as planned? Like, what what happens to our attention span in, in these regards? It's it's kind of like a a dual edged sword in that regard, but still, it's 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 pretty impressive to see what cloud computing is going to bring to technology going forward. We're really starting to see it. And very much the the multitasking, and again mentioned being getting into your flow, uh, these devices kind of being like instruments that we use, you know, they, they really uh, push the, that kind of philosophy. Historically, when it comes to multitasking, humans are awful at multitasking. So <laughs> it be, it's going to be really curious to see because after all kind of the main stuff here, they did this kind of Apple kind of one more thing. Actually, they had, two more things they have the surface neo which is essentially basically an ipad mini but it has two screens and wow. unlike a lot of uh, other companies like samsung and whatnot we're doing two separate screens with a hinge in the middle which i think design wise is the right way to go instead of being an actual screen that folds because we know that that was kind of a disaster for the samsung people yeah, I, what's funny was I wasn't even too familiar with the product. I'm still running. I still basically just use a. Um, I am an Android user, so I mm -hmm. use the Samsung Galaxy S10 currently in my, as my cell. And I was in preparation for this. I was looking at some of the reviews of the of the Fold, and the biggest problem. Yeah, it's it's a novel idea, mm -hmm. but the screen is so sensitive. Yes. <laughs> to, to to dust, to particles, to to touch. There was actually a, a pretty tongue in cheek. Uh, I think it was the Wall Street Journal actually had put out a review about a review from inside a bubble, mm -hmm. which and her argument was that this is the only way you can really use this because of all the warnings. Like there's just a multitude of warnings. You know, he can't do this, can't expose it to air, can't touch a certain <laughs> way. Like, okay, well, yeah. <laughs> how practical is this device? And then it's got that crease in the mm -hmm. middle of the screen, right? Yep. So I guess on one hand, yeah, it's nice that you're you don't have two screens joined by a hinge where it seems like it's one fluid experience but i honestly when he showed me the duo mm -hmm. i, I the, the screens were so nicely placed together the design was so good i, I didn't notice a difference at all mm -hmm. and, and back on the samsung one too actually the early units they actually sent a bunch of early kind of models to reviewers uh, and whatnot and what was happening is that people were actually looking at the screen and it almost looked like it was a screen protector that, that they thought was on there. And yeah. people were ripping this off and what they were doing is they were actually removing the screen. So yeah, some kind of strange stuff. That's it because you can't bend glass, of course. Yeah. And, and they made some good points. What happens when you puncture this? What, what happens when dust particles Bingo. get into this? They obviously have a, right away, they have a screen replacement plan. Mm -hmm. I think within the first year of warranty, it's, it's 150 US. Yep. But then after that, we're talking like 500 Oof. US to replace this thing. Yeah. I, I don't, I just, I think that's going back to the drawing board. I, yeah. I think it was funny when I saw the duo replaced, I'm like, oh, it's a DS. Yes. <laughs> but it's a very, you know, high tech one. Yeah. But there's something to be said about that. It, it, it's, it works. 
but it's versatile. Mm-hmm. You can you can flip it backwards. I think the coolest part was that little keyboard. Yes. That you can pull out and then fold on top of it. There's there's just so many different postures you can get into as, as Pondos postures. kept uh, making yeah. a point of. So there's something to start with here. I think it's going to have the rest of the tech world paying attention to this idea. So yeah, that, that Neo really cool. And then they, he kind of went off stage and then they went, Oh, but wait, there's even more. And he came out with this little thing. And essentially this is a dual screen phone here that we've got here. And it's kind of the same design as the Neo, except this is not running windows 10 X, which is what they got going on the Neo. They're actually using Android on this, which I thought was very surprising that they didn't keep it consistent across uh, both platforms there. Quite shocking, to be Mm -hmm. honest, that they didn't go with a a downgraded Windows OS. But as you mentioned before, (laughs) they already tried this. Yes, and it did not work well. And and let's, let's be honest here. Android has become a huge player in the market here it's, yep. it's a i don't know exactly how it compares to to the apple store but i'd say it's 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 definitely caught up in many regards mm-hmm. very well established so at some point why not go with what works yeah absolutely one thing that i did notice with this too and microsoft still has this in their mind and it's still really perplexing is that they well they they don't use internet explorer they use a browser called edge and then they still have bing their search engine out there they're still trying to push this stuff on the users do you have you ever used bing mike yeah i actually do i use bing i <laughs> use well, bing? I, I use bing and DuckDuckGo. okay I, i've given up on to be honest i've mostly given up on google and, and most i i use it for for some uses yeah but I, I don't know if this is the right place to get into this now i've gone on this about length on length about this on my other podcast about mm-hmm. censorship and and manipulated algorithms, which is another topic entirely. So yep. I find Bing isn't as bad in that regard. Mm-hmm. Um, and then obviously you can go into other third, like other lesser known browsers like DuckDuckGo. But yeah, yeah Bing's, Bing's not bad. It's, yep. it's, it's not the worst thing in the world. For sure. Edge, I've tried using Edge before and not too great. My browser, of course, I'm an Apple user. Uh, Mike's a uh, Windows and an, a, an Android user. I'm an Apple user, so I use Safari. And um, it really clips on really p- pretty good. And I can use kind of whatever search engine I want. Typically, I'll just search in the, in the search bar. And I, I think that they have Google set by default, which is interesting given that uh, Apple doesn't have the greatest relationship with Google. So, yeah. <laughs> so so you said you've, you've had a chance to try Edge then? I have when I was still using a PC for a little while and it was pretty rough. In what sense? Just the, it's, there's no, it just doesn't really have any kind of features, any kind of plugins or whatnot. Just it's lacking a lot. And it's just one that it's one of those ones when we have Chrome and when we have what, especially with Chrome, it just, it's one of those ones just lost in the shuffle. that just, nobody uses it's there, but we just ignore the fact that it exists. Yeah, I hear you. I hear you. And then there was, and, and similar to, to Chrome, Edge had its own controversy surrounding algorithm manipulation and yeah. censorship. So anyway, that's here nor there. But overall, some promising stuff. What, what did you think of the design of the Duo? Do you think it seems practical? It does. I, th- I think it's definitely targeting the kind of enterprise user. I'm talking like business owners, people are traveling all the time. Uh, that's definitely the targeted audience. And I got to say, just across the board, when it comes to stuff, the, the, the hardware, the design, beautiful. 
they they've really stepped in their oh, game absolutely. with that. And, and you know that that's definitely thanks uh, in large part to Apple really kind of pushing the industry forward with that, and it, it clearly it's rubbed off on Microsoft. So that's exactly how I felt when I, as soon as I saw it. I'm like, wow, this seems like an Apple device. This doesn't seem like anything yeah. else other than that. Very simple, very elegant. Price wasn't bad. <laughs> Yeah, it'll be very curious to see how they, they kind of fit into the market, you know, coming into holiday season and whatnot to see how well some of these sell. The the last two that we mentioned there, they're not coming out until next year. They actually did something very on Microsoft like they actually showed these products a year or more actually before these things are even coming out. So yeah, they're they're definitely making their presence felt and it'll be curious to see how things kind of integrate, because that's one thing that Apple has going for it is all these devices, the iPhone, the iPad, the Mac, the Apple Watch, all this kind of stuff works all in unison together. Even as I sit down on my computer here, I, 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 I bring attention to my watch and the computer turns on. You know, so all, all those kind of tight integrations really make things seamless to use. So we'll be interested to see with this new Microsoft Windows 10X, which is their mobile version of Windows, to see how good it is because the majority of the stuff, even just on the regular surface was just kind of windows scaled down. And a lot of times you need a stylus to do that kind of stuff. And, you know, we're born with five of them on our hands and it's easier to just use our <laughs> fingers with this stuff. Right. So yeah, yeah. Uh, some interesting choices going on there and it's exciting though, to see them kind of innovating. So I, I agree. And it's also exciting to see how Apple is going to respond to this now, because mm -hmm. historically, don't they typically take a we'll wait and see approach, see who the, how, how, mm -hmm. the, how everybody else does first to launch. And then we, we find fine tune the details after that. So absolutely. Now yeah. going with some Apple stuff here, Mike, I recently, because I recently purchased an iPhone 11, that's my, my daily phone that, that I use here. I was able to, get Apple TV plus what they actually did was if you purchased a, a new Apple device after the presentation was done, you're getting a free year of Apple TV plus, which is quite a damn good deal. I got to say, right what does bat. that typically go for, for subscription wise? Five bucks a month is what it's going to be, which That's is, pretty good. which is very reasonable. And so I've had a chance in this last week to check out some shows and just to, to give you or you and our listeners a bit of an idea of what we got. The two big standout shows here is the first one is called For All Mankind. And it is essentially very much in the vein of like Apollo 13 and uh, From the Earth to the Moon. But with a bit of a twist here, because this is an alternate kind of universe going on here, it's done from the perspective if the Russians would have landed on the moon first and what uh, the U.S.'s response would have been to that. You know, women getting into the space program. So it's it's an alternate universe on uh, the space and uh, the moon race, which is which is actually really, really interesting, believe it or not. It wasn't the other show with Jennifer Aniston and Reese Witherspoon. Isn't that their big um, Steve Carell? Yep. Uh, the Morning Show, I believe it's called. That's it. That's a really good one. And the real big standout, though, is one that's called C. And this is starring Jason Momoa from, of course, Justice League and um, and Aquaman. And the, the premise of the show is really interesting. It, it's a, it takes place way in the future. Uh, a virus has kind of happened and everybody has become blind. And so basically, yeah, the, this virus has caused everybody to become blind and everybody who's been born has been born blind, except now these two children have been born with the gift of sight. 
they they say so it, it it's a really interesting it's done very much like in the game of thrones kind of vein you know not as much uh to kind of do a bit of a south park thing or not as many floppy wieners going on as uh, game of thrones <laughs> to make a bit of a reference there but uh really well done and it's um they three episodes i've already watched them a few times it's that good so it's got me hooked in and just waiting for the other episodes to come out there's lots of other shows there's a there's a peanuts one uh, snoopy in space you know there's a, a wide variety of shows on there not a ton of content yet but we're we're in the first month so i only expect more things to come out and it's been really good and a free year uh well that's impossible to say no to and when that expires if they keep ramping up the content five bucks a month that's hard to say no to, and that's a pretty damn good deal. Some decent content there. I'd say so, because the thing I keep thinking about, and, and I'll be honest, uh, I'm asking a lot more questions here because I, <laughs> I have a Netflix account, which yes. I barely ever watch. Yep. <laughs> um, I don't ever, I don't plan on getting the Disney subscription. It just doesn't appeal to me. Mm-hmm. But that's the thing. There's so many of these now. HBO Max, I heard yep. just today they signed South Park for, I think. Really? Uh, like a massive amount of money. Interesting. Um, so they've, they've got the rights to that. Now you've got the HBO, you got the Disney now with the Marvel, the star Wars, Simpsons, mm-hmm. Netflix, um, crave Hulu. At, to, <laughs> and because the, the content is all splintering now mm-hmm. to, to actually have access to all these services. You're, you're basically paying the same amount as you would with a typical cable bill. Now, like how many other, how many other services do you subscribe to other than Apple? Uh, as of right now, this is the only one that I've got. So, you know, I get a lot of my other content through, through YouTube and through a lot of, and, and, and I, I do actually with my cable, my service provider, they actually provide, uh, some cable pretty cheap. So, you know, I do have some channels, of course, uh, being a, pro, a professional wrestling fan, for those of you who aren't aware, you, of course, I do Turnbuckle Talk in the network here. So, you know, I do subscribe to TSN. Um, I have unsubscribed to Sportsnet because of the WWE stuff is, uh, well, you just have to listen to the other show for that. And we're crossing over <laughs> a little bit here. But, uh, but yeah, the, the for streaming services, I mean, I, I've had Netflix, but it's one of those ones where... They offer it free so often that I've basically just, I wait till they give me another free offer and then I'll have it for a month and it goes away, you know? So, but this one actually has some shows that are exclusive and that are on the platforms that I use. So, you know, it appeals to me. So I I think that that's something that they've got going for them and keeping it exclusive, I think could maybe draw some people over. So based on what you've seen so far, do you anticipate paying for the subscription after this first year runs out? I do. And, you know, they've got some other interesting creators uh, on deck. I mean, uh, uh, Coppola, Spielberg, you know, they've got some powerhouses that are going to be making some content. You know, that's just to name a couple. Uh, Guillermo del Toro is going to be doing something as well, you know. So they've got some good people on uh, on deck that just haven't quite gotten there yet. But the promise of that and what they've got so far, it's really, really solid. I got to give them a good solid B plus to an A so far, if I were to give it a grade rating. So, And do you feel like you're, you're lacking anything by not having Netflix or HBO at this point? I mean, there's so many other ways to kind of get some of that stuff too, right? Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. I hear you. I know even I'll even when it comes to South Park, I still do the the old thing of I buy the seasons on iTunes. I I legitimately pay for it and then I wait for the episodes to come out. Sometimes they're a little bit slow with that, but hey, it's stuff like that, especially South Park. I don't mind waiting a little bit for it because they they're still knocking it out of the park with that show. So, 
oh, this season's been tremendous. <laughs> awesome. That, they don't, that, Mike, uh, that, that's a whole, that's, that's a whole topic right in itself that we can even get to. I can go on for hours about that, but yeah, for but, sure. um, yeah, I, I, I get your point, Joe. It's at this point, it's not really that big of a problem because as long as you have some modicum of patience left in, in your soul, I think you can, <laughs> you can deal with this new, this new landscape. Although it's, it's, it's definitely, I know Hollywood doesn't like it. No, not a, not a bit. And, and it's kind of funny, it just the, the more I think about it, it's starting to feel like we've come full circle from the old mm. studio system back in the golden days of mm. Hollywood to now this is like the, the big tech version of it. It'll be interesting to see how, how this plays out. And it seems like every kind of platform has its kind of exclusives. If you go over to, when I got my new television, it came with a, a free month of Amazon Prime, you know, and they've got some exclusive shows over there. I think that's something that you'll really start to see come to the forefront is all these players are going to have their their exclusive stuff to really kind of to say, Hey, Hey, we got this over here. Come and watch us. So yeah, kind of like Netflix seems to be the go-to place for maybe say a documentary mm-hmm. or stand-up comedy or horror. That yeah. seems to be their, their oeuvre right now. HBO is kind of like the blockbuster epic television shows. It'll be interesting. But Apple, from what you're telling me, seems to be something, something different something more unique like there's there, some like the way you were describing some of these shows it's, it's something we haven't really quite heard of yet so that that at least makes me optimistic for it there's some other even some children's content there's essentially like a version of sesame street that's on there as well so i, I think uh something to do with oprah as well i think it's probably something to do with their book club i think it's uh, there's something on there as well so it, there's a variety of content no sports stuff yet you know maybe that's something maybe leaves the door open for some other, I don't know, maybe even some professional wrestling on there or maybe some other uh, sports if they want to get on there. The, the, the door is wide open for that, and they can do pretty much what they want at this point because they're in control and they're making a lot of this content exclusively there. So, yeah, they can pretty much, uh, the <laughs> sky's the limit, really. Yeah, and all the money in the world to throw at directors <laughs> and producers to get that stuff done, absolutely. Absolutely. So going from that to something... Kind of more up your alley here, Mr. Gunstar Hero. We're talking about smartphones and the cameras on these devices here. Now, this is something I've been seeing a lot on social media and whatnot. Is there any credence to the, to this whole thing of our of our phones spying on us? 100%, yes. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, it was funny. I didn't realize Edward Snowden was on the Joe Rogan podcast about a week ago. And mm-hmm. when I was doing a bit of research for the segment, right away, he, he actually got into a segment about this and then explained in detail how this all works. Uh, come on. I mean, have you, I'm, I'm sure anybody listening to this or maybe yourself or I know, for, for instance, myself, how many times have you had the situation where you're talking about something mm-hmm. and then it shows up on your internet browser as an ad? Yeah. That's, that's very clear. Um, we, we know that the phone's always listening to us. The whole thing is why, mm-hmm. right? Ori- initially, people start to think, well, you know, what are the, I better watch what I say because, you know, the big tech companies are listening to me and, oh, wow, they might be putting me on some kind of list and I better toe the line. And more and more, as time passes by, I realize that maybe that was initially the case. Mm-hmm. But then I heard something very interesting from William Binney, who was the former director of the uh, the NSA. And when he was talking about looking for terrorists, 
because of the bulk data collection that happens where all yeah. this data is going to the cell phone towers, it gets stored there and, and you've just got like just endless amounts. Trying to find a terrorist is like finding a needle <laughs> in a haystack. Right. Yeah. More so, why are they collecting all this data is to sell you stuff. What do you think of that, Joe? Big Joe. <laughs> What's interesting is I'm, I'm wondering if this is consistent across all the platforms. You know, I'm talking, I'm talking Android, I'm talking iOS. You know, because I, I mean, even even on this phone that I've got, I, I unlocked the phone by looking at it. Now, when we watch the presentations for this kind of stuff, uh, th this particular feature they, they call it Face ID. That's what's called over on the Apple platform. I know that Android's got that version of it now with the Pixel and whatnot. But this is all supposedly done on device and none of it gets shared out. It's supposedly all done just locally on and we'll even do it when you're not connected to a network. So I, with the Apple side and when it comes to the camera, you're always, always asked permission to allow access to it. So I'm wondering if this is something that's consistent across the board to every platform. I'd like... I would like to say yes i think that's what their pr would like to have us believe mm -hmm. but the, the reality is is no i think the fact is that you you definitely have the option to opt out of the access but then yep. a lot of the limitations start to appear in terms of how you actually get to use that app so it's, it becomes uh, an offer you can't refuse yeah if you're, if you're going to turn off all of these functionalities can you really even use the app at that point yeah, true enough um and with facial recognition, you brought up a good point. That's that's one of the one of the biggest things that people really don't notice, especially people who use Snapchat. Mm -hmm. Like I'm not a big user of Snapchat, but I know a lot of people are. Yeah. And is, are you familiar with it, Joe? Do you use it at all? I, I've I've played with Snapchat. It's not something that really has ever appealed to me. No, but yeah. what happens is when okay, for example, when you want to put one of those filters on your face that adds the the barriers or something like that, right? Yeah. It has to do a big biometric scan of your face. Mm-hmm. And what are you basically doing? You're just giving over your, 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 your facial recognition data over to the system and it's, it's there. And it's, and it's funny when you, when you think about what's going on in Hong Kong with the protests there right now against the Chinese government and how the, the Hong Kong supporters are wearing masks, mm -hmm. uh, like whether it's the Guy Fox masks or whatever, it's because one big part of their protest is all these cameras that are being set up across China using facial recognition technology to put people in a database. And this is their way uh, of avoiding that. And what's funny is that now you're starting to see this move, this backlash towards facial recognition yeah. across the globe, I think kind of stemming from that. How nefarious it is it? I, I don't know, Joe. It, it, the, the, when, yeah. when I hear Snowden talk about it, he says, well, neither, neither Apple or Android is doing a really great job of protecting your data. We see that over and over again, whether it's, it's the cell phone makers, whether yeah. it's, it's the big tech companies like Facebook or Google playing very loosely with, with your, with your privacy rights and your data. The way it was explained is that these cell phone towers, um, every time it, it pings your device, it's collecting everything about where, where you are, mm -hmm. what, what you're doing at that moment. And it's all stored because, governments may want to use that later they may use for it now but it's not to say they might not need it later and they've already made legislation to protect themselves from 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 punishment and be able to grab this stuff this this is this is all in the user agreements that you sign yeah 
What do you think, Joe? What do you, what do you, where do you think this is going? Why, why are they collecting all this? Okay, obviously they want to sell us stuff, but... Yeah, what's interesting is you know the facial recognition again too. There was a, an app. I don't know if you used it or heard anything about it. Where basically, well, they had a bunch of other features that you could pay to add. But there was this one that came out. Honestly, I forget what it was called, but it would age you. It would make it would make you look old. And yes. I think even I uh, posted a couple things about that and actually did one and uh, deleted the app because supposedly there were some. I don't know if it was developed by a company over in Russia or somewhere or whether it was in China, but I guess there was some nefarious kind of stuff going on there. And basically people were saying, no, delete this app because, you know, they're, they're actually taking your information without your knowledge. So well, in this age of deep fakes, who, who knows what can happen when, when you're, when yeah. all of your, not only your data, but your face is on the internet that that's in databases that can be easily hacked into and obtained. Who knows what can be done with, with, with your imagery mm -hmm. and that's the thing like that's the paranoid angle but at the end of the day joe the reality of this is the more i'm starting to understand this is the reason they need all this data is yes to predict your behavior that yeah. they want to be able to predict what you're going to buy before you buy it. like there was an article with mcdonald's basically getting into this whole game they want to predict what you're going to eat before you actually eat it yep but then there's also, uh, I'd say, a larger scale implication of this in terms of where AI is headed. Mm -hmm. And especially, you know, I've talked about this before about transhumanism and the whole idea of like tech technocrat to this, this is their religion. This isn't my these aren't my words, but, you know, the whole idea of merging with the AI, which uh, uh, Elon Musk has talked about at length yep. and Ray Kurzweil. So. And I. Is it okay if I get into this for a second? Oh yeah, absolutely. I, I want to get a you know a different approach on this. Uh, absolutely. Because I think it's going to help explain again, yeah. shed more light on why our phones are listening to us. Because clearly they are. So, Elon Musk recently, well, for the last few years, has been talking about Neuralink, mm -hmm. the whole idea of putting wires in your brain to connect to the internet, and that's also linked into a major futurist technocrat idea of, like I said, merging with the AI, like uploading your consciousness into the internet so that you can quote unquote live forever. Yeah. So when you have every conversation you're having, that's being recorded by your phone, every keystroke of data that's being collected and down to now your actual face, you can, at some point you can create a pretty convincing alternate big Joe on the internet that, one day we're all going to die, right? We're all going to pass on Yep. that they could have a pretty good fake of you. I could be talking to AI, big Joe, and I may not know the difference. Well, I would because yep. I'd know your sense of humor. Yeah, exactly. That's right? something that AI can't copy. For no, you can't, uh, you can't match this, this, uh, the sense of humor. Absolutely. So then what do you think of that, Joe? What do you, do you, do you, what do you think of this idea when they say that you can plug in and live forever? What, what makes you, what goes through your brain when you hear something like that? Um, well, there, I mean, there's a couple of different ways I, I could approach this. The idea that, uh, you know, if I do become somebody of some significance, the fact that maybe that could live on sounds kind of cool. But at the same time, while I'm still alive, sounds creepy as hell. But, uh, you know, I, I can see both uh, approaches. You know, with this whole thing here, too, you know, to kind of to look at it from from another perspective, too, I think that... 
especially with me, with just being kind of an average user, I'm not, you know, I'm not, not a politician and I'm not really, I mean, I do some stuff on the internet, but I mean, I'm not that big of a voice out there. I, although we do have people that listen to us when it comes to, to my phone and whatnot, if, if, if the, you know, the majority of the time, honestly, it's in my pocket. So I'll just put it out there. If the government wants to take a, a high resolution picture of the inside of my pants while it's the, the phone is in my pocket, they are more than welcome to do so. <laughs> but at the same time, you know, <laughs> you know, when, when I'm using it, you know, honestly, I don't have a whole lot to hide as just as a regular average person. So, you know, I, I don't feel that concerned about it. But when it comes to, you know, when I'm doing my banking and stuff on my devices, you know, that I definitely don't want that kind of stuff getting out. Do you ever self-censor knowing that your phone's potentially listening to you? No, I don't think I ever have. Neither do I. No. I've gotten past the point of caring. Yeah. Oh, if they, if they ever dig my data, oh my God, I'm done. <laughs> That's it. The stuff I say to, in the privacy of my own home yeah. is, is un- unbelievable. But I, I just, at some point, you just, you, you can't live your life like that. I don't want to say it. <laughs> I know I don't want to say too much, but my browser history, uh, <laughs> best not to even go into that SFW. because hey, if anybody wants to to go check out my browser history, government, anybody listening, have at it. Um, just um, tread carefully. That's all I'll say. Again, this this isn't you know if okay fine if you were running for president or prime minister or whatever yeah this you'd probably be in a bad spot most of yep. us would be. As we can see, like the recent Canadian elections, anything they can dig and dig up stuff on you yep. from ten years ago, and and that's going to be the next thing. But like you and I, regular citizens, I don't think we're on any watch lists or, no. or anything. And nobody's no Russians are after us or anything like that. So yeah, at the end of the day, Joe, it's really, it's really just it's mm. it's these companies trying to take control of the zeitgeist, basically saying we're we're going to know what you want before you want it because we've basically reconstructed you online through bits of data and and yeah they'll get pretty close Mm -hmm. they're gonna they're gonna sell people this whole idea of like your artificial doppelganger but i i just i'm just of that mind that i don't i don't buy it it's never truly gonna be you but that's so far off at the end of the day it's really with your phone snowden made a really good point Yep. Why are we not having like a one button uh, that we can press that can just turn off all these permissions that we can just go back to having a quote unquote dumb phone or a, or a drug dealer phone, right? Where yeah. it's, it's not, uh, it's not sending all of your data out, but of course data is currency, Joe and that very Apple true. and Google are just, gonna, are just not going to let that happen. Yeah. Otherwise they're at a bit, that, that, that's the whole point of having this infrastructure in the first place. And there's the whole China issue as well, which, you know, we can definitely uh, touch on briefly here that, uh, you know, and as we mentioned on the most recent episode of South Park, that's really being brought to the forefront. Just the the fact that they're calling the shots and asking for things to be changed, not only in technology, you know, when it comes to television, when it comes to movies, um, I think the, the most recent one that I can think of is that they're releasing the sequel to Top Gun and yeah, just took it out of my mouth. Yeah. On, on the back of Tom Cruise's shirt, there used to be a flag of Taiwan on there, but now because of what's going on, China said, no, 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 no. You can't have that on there because they have vested interest, I guess, in the company that's making this movie. 
Absolutely. So. Absolutely. So they not only are we seeing that that chilling effect in terms of free speech, because like let's say like the China the China has pretty much bought up most of the major movie studios, but then look at Tech Joe. I mean, I've talked about this before. Google is now working is in bed with the Chinese now. They they ended yep. like a lot of people don't realize that they ended their contract with the U.S. Department of Defense. That was uh, actually a real bit about Peter Thiel, former co-founder of Facebook. Mm-hmm. And they have now actually signed in with the Chinese military to create uh, um, an AI Manhattan project that's not only going to encompass surveillance, but military and the whole kit and caboodle. And they're a totalitarian regime that does not have the West's best interest at heart, if I can just put that very, very lightly. And then on yeah. Apple's side... Yeah, the Chinese own the encryption keys, Joe. They they have it. They have all your data there. And can they use it? That remains to be seen. Yeah. Because they need Apple and Google need that Chinese money. They need that big and that's a, a nope. thank God for South Park with <laughs> bring all that to light. For sure. And, and, and that might sound strange to some people, but you know, it just they've always been so good at just basically. I think you've worded this to me before, not on this, uh, but uh, in other conversations where they've always been really good at just holding up a mirror to society and saying, "Hey, this is what is kind of really going on." Yeah, we like to kind of poke fun and, and make storylines around it, but at the end of the day, you know, it, it's they they do a really good job of of yes, poking fun, but making us aware that hey, you know, things are maybe quite what they seem. Absolutely, and that there's a there's 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 a price to all of this, yeah. as we saw with LeBron James, you know, and <clears> and, uh, and and specifically Blizzard now with the backlash that they're receiving. Anyway, that's that's going to go off in a whole other territory. But regardless, there there's a price to all that market access, and it's it's a it's and we pay for it with our with our our, our rights and freedoms. Yeah, absolutely. Well, before we get to our, our last segment for the the show, Mike, uh, I didn't actually have this on the run for our, our episode, but uh, before we even recorded our first episode, I already had a bit of a, of a listener kind of question or a bit of a, a tech problem, and I think this could turn into a regular thing on this podcast here of uh, if, if any of our listeners have some type of tech issue, we can possibly solve your issue here. Uh, the one that I have for this week is actually dealing with uh, iOS on the uh, iPhone, and just recently there was an update done well, we did iOS. We're up to iOS 13 now. For those uh, who are on the Android side or who aren't uh, keeping track, and there's been two updates. But I think a lot of people are still on the, the dot one update, and there, were, there was a bit of an issue. And actually, a couple of people uh, mentioned this to me that they were having trouble um, on iOS when you tried to delete uh, an app. You just kind of hold on the icon, and it starts wiggling, and then you would normally be able to delete or you know do whatnot. But that wasn't kind of coming up properly. So the, the kind of the solution to this problem is that if you are running 13.1, just update to 13.2. And what happens when you, you press and hold on the icon now, it actually gives you some options to, to share that app if you want to, uh, to edit the whole screen or to, yes, delete the app. So that's kind of the, the solution to that problem for everybody who's having that issue with 13.1 in iOS. Just do the update and you're good to go essentially. Very cool. I like that. Yeah. So like I said, if anybody has a little bit of a problem, you know, either myself or my my guest, Mr. Gunstar Hero, will look into your problem, especially if it's an Android or if it's a Windows issue, if it's an Apple issue, I'm your I'm your guy to to kind of uh, at least help or at least point you in the right direction when it comes to that stuff. So 
All right, man. We're going to take a brief break here. I'm going to come back with what I'm calling our final bite segment. A little bit of a tongue-in-cheek kind of thing there for you. We're going to talk some wearable technology and whether it's practical or worthwhile yet. So we'll be right back. This is Big Joe from Turnbuckle Talk here, and you're listening to HTM Tech right here on the HTM Podcast Network. All right, guys, Big Joe and Gunstar Hero back here on HTM Tech. It's been an interesting episode so far, man. Um, as I mentioned at the top of the show, you know, we aren't strangers to each other. We used to do a gaming YouTube channel, and you know, the gaming stuff will likely be coming up on this uh, show as well because gaming is part of technology. The two go hand in hand. So we'll definitely be touching on some of that stuff, especially soon we're getting into another console generation. So we'll be touching on that stuff oh, with the PS5 and all that. Be- Oh yeah, yeah. You, you, holiday twenty twenty is going to be massive. Yeah, I mean, I'm really excited about the PS five. Yeah, I want to see what Microsoft is going to do and how that's going to integrate into yeah. all this these new devices they're doing. Nintendo is on a roll, a huge one right now. Yep. You've got Google Stadia in the mix. So yeah, yeah, we've got lots to talk about in a future episode for sure. Absolutely. So we're going to call this last bit. Uh, we're going to call it our final bite segment here. And what we're going to talk about this week is wearable technology and whether it's practical or worthwhile yet. And where this topic kind of came from was recently, actually, Google has purchased Fitbit to the tune of, I believe, $2 billion-ish. 2.1 to be exact. Yeah, that, that's a huge thing. They, this is clearly them wanting to get into the smartwatch market because up to this point, when it comes to... We're not just going to be talking about smartwatches, but with the smartwatch... Of course, I'm wearing it right now. The Apple Watch has clearly been the dominator when it comes to that form factor. And I'm not sure if Google just got to the point where maybe they couldn't properly execute on their end, but they saw what Fitbit was doing and they obviously like it. And they went, we're just going to buy you. And that's what they've done. So I'll be very curious to see if they keep that branding or if they just put their own thing on it. That's what I'll be kind of watching. I think it'd be wise to to keep some of that branding. Okay, here's the thing. Fit. Okay, Apple Watch has got about what 50% of the market right now. Yeah, it's about a 28 billion dollar market share. Fitbit's yeah. been plunging in the markets. Now, Fitbit, I'd say, is the name typically people think of when it comes to counting steps, fitness trackers, sleep. It's definitely it's definitely a great brand. Yeah. But it's it's seen some some downfalls in the market. I think it would had been valued at twenty billion and dropped to ten. Now is at around two billion mm-hmm. by the time that Google bought them out. So it, it was it was definitely time to, to snatch them out. Android what's it, Wear OS? Android Wear, yep. Yeah, they they've been kind of struggling to get a foothold. Yeah, it's 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 Apple, right? Like my nephew has an Apple watch. Yep. You know, I'm looking at yours right now. It's it's just like any Apple product. It's simple, it's intuitive, it's sleek, it's well built. Yep. But but Fitbit's got a good name, and I, and I and from what Absolutely. I hear, like I'm not a big guy on this whole wearable. Like I do have a wearable. I have a, a Fossil smartwatch. Okay. Which I ditched really quickly because, <laughs> um, number one, just the idea of having to charge my watch, having another thing I need to maintain a charge on. You, you know that whole thing of um, 
it's that first world problem of, oh, I've yeah. got low battery life. What do I do, right? It, we already deal with that with our smartphones. Now having a smart watch that I have to worry about the battery level. But the other thing too, and this may just be like a fossil thing. I, I don't know how Apple Watch works, but it was just overly sensitive to touch hmm. and just, I don't know, it, it just kind of, it, it really ticked me off more than it made me go, wow. So I just kind of went back to, wearing a, a traditional watch and, and had a lot lower blood pressure as a result. <laughs> um, Fitbit though, from what I hear from, from people who are comparing the two, it's, it's obviously created by people who are very passionate about exercise, wellness, well-being. So there, I think apparently there's a lot more functionality and intuitiveness to Fitbit itself, mm -hmm. which can be good comp competitively for Google. But like I said, we're, we're going up against design and ease of use with Apple. So, so what are your thoughts here, Joe? Well, when it comes to, to the wearable technology and just kind of mobile devices in general, the, the key to them being successful and being useful to the average person and whatnot is that it has to feel like it's not something that something extra that you have to bring with you. It, it, it has to be, and it has to do enough stuff to, to justify its existence. So it's a combination of those two things. It, it, it has to be to where you don't have to be like, oh, there's this extra thing that I got to bring with me and it only does a couple of things. You know, with the the Apple Watch, because it integrates with every, every other device. So I, you can have that and have your phone. And I have my phone in my pocket. Dude, the first time that you answer a, a phone call on your, your watch, then you realize just kind of how useful it is. If you're not in a position to reach into your phone, like say if you're at work and you're not supposed to be having your phone at work, you can I can just answer on my on my watch. Or I, I can decline and just answer with a text. You know, I can, if I'm a woman, I can track my menstrual cycle, which I don't have that issue, so I don't have to do that. So, you know, it's if... gender, Joe. <laughs> men have menstrual cycles Right? And, uh, or, or even if I have a fall. This is actually a really cool feature. I don't know if any other um, manufacturers do this, but with the, the Apple Watch, if you fall or, or have a fall of any kind of significance, it, it queues up and, and prompts you to, to call 911. And if you don't, uh, within, I think, 30 seconds or so, it makes the call for you and shares your location with emergency services so they can find where you or where your body may be. So... Stuff like that is 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 pretty cool. It, it it makes it useful. Now there's been some things that have come out. Uh, I think a, a big one to kind of make note is Google Glass. You remember Google Glass? Not okay. Refresh my mind on this one. <laughs> it was it was Google's wearable thing that they look like glasses. Oh yeah. And they had the the, the term by the way for people who wore that because it, it's a defunct thing now. They they gave up on it. You refer to as a glass hole if you were one of these devices. So it was one, and the big reason why that uh, they killed it was the privacy issue because you're wearing this thing and you can just say, okay, Google, take a picture. And, or you could uh, supposedly look at the person and maybe if it's somebody of recognition, it would actually bring up their information. So there were some major privacy issues going on with that. And just the fact that you look like a complete idiot wearing it. Oh, it looks like there's a problem. And see, some of my technology is going off as we're speaking. I don't know what the hell happened there in, in the studio. You've hit on something that that's <laughs> my issue, Joe. It's like increasingly yeah. we're becoming cyborgs, I, I yeah. think. And, and again, this is maybe the curmudgeon in me coming out. But yeah. <laughs> do you ever feel like Inspector Gadget talking to your phone? Sometimes. Like if I said your, your watch, even as I say, OK, Google, I'm probably setting off somebody's device. Or if I say, OK, Siri. I'm setting off uh, <laughs> an Apple user. Uh, 
There we go. That's the the Google Home going going off in the background. I have a Google Home, so so the, I, I you can't write this stuff, folks. That that happened purely by coincidence. Um, but with that too, uh, you can actually turn the microphone off so that's not listening. Just uh, for people who are maybe afraid that their Google Home is listening to them all the time, you can actually turn the microphone off, and it just becomes in a piece of plastic sitting on your countertop. So. But back to what I'm getting at, is this stuff practical and is it worthwhile for everybody to have? It's getting there. Um, when, it, when it comes to the Android Wear stuff, they, they still have a long ways to go. There's the, the, the issue there with some fragmentation because you, know, you have so many manufacturers and it's hard to keep the, the experience consistent and whatnot. That's always been an advantage for Apple is that they are in control of the hardware and the software. So everything's tightly integrated and there usually isn't that kind of issue. And I do find that sometimes, yeah, it does feel like it's just a luxury device or something extra. But the first time that you, like I said, you answer a phone call or you, you answer a text or you send an email or any of those kind of things, you realize, yeah, it is pretty useful, but it's not something that is that big of a deal yet. And, and I think too, people have to be a little bit more realistic in this particular device. The Apple watch has gotten better. I think part of the problem going into a lot of this stuff, especially the smartwatches is what people were expecting a smartwatch could do. And what a smartwatch can actually do are two very different things. Okay. So I don't really use a lot of the, I never really use a lot of the phone functionality on my fossil smartwatch. So yeah. how does it work, Joe? Like, are you speaking into your watch? Is it transcribing? Yep. How accurate is it? I got to say, it's uh, if I had to give a percentage, I would say it's probably about 95%. That's not bad. That's not bad. It, it's it's gotten better. It, it sounds more human, um, as creepy as that may sound to some people. Um, when it comes to uh, voice assistance, that's almost a whole topic in itself that we could definitely have because when you compare the two, they're very, very different with Google, the Google assistant. You can be very conversational. Siri's still really dumb when it comes to that um, aspect of you can't really have a conversation with her. You have to keep kind of restating uh, what it is that you're asking about, which is something that they're, they're, I think they're still working on, but they definitely fall behind Google. And, that just, and I think largely because Google just has a lot more infrastructure and servers or whatnot to deal with. But yeah, uh, the wearable stuff, it just it, it's it's still very in, in its infancy. The one thing I do like about it, it has gotten people more into the act of exercise. It's gamified exercising, which yep. isn't a bad thing. Nope. Uh, most people I know are actively counting their steps um, and, and trying to go and do something active now because I, I didn't think there's, there's definitely evolution that could come about of that yep. um, in terms of taking that to the next level and adding more incentives for exercise something similar to what Nintendo's doing with uh, that little ring they put out for the Switch that mm -hmm. has a, an RPG game tied to it. So I you're not that, only yeah. exercising, but you're leveling up, getting rewards, playing an actual game. Maybe that is what needs to happen now. We need to see more apps designed with that in mind to, to kind of gamify that, to get the, the dullness out of exercising, to make it more fun. Yeah. Is there anything like that now, or is that... Well, when it comes to full-on apps on, on a wearable device, they're they're still pretty 
Um, not simplified, maybe is the term I'm looking for, but they're they're not that robust yet. Like there aren't games on smartwatches, just because I, th- I think because the user experience wouldn't be all that good. I think if we can get to the maybe to the point where we're to incorporate maybe some augmented reality, or maybe like if they can project something off of the actual device, then maybe you'd have something. But I mean, trying to do a game on a touchscreen this this small, the, the experience would be horrible. So I think that that's why they haven't done that yet. So then I guess it goes back to my question I wanted to ask you. Do you think we need these? When it comes to the need factor, I would say we're not at that point yet. It's still a little bit of a luxury item. But, yeah, that's a tough question. Uh, Maybe it could be something outside of the smartwatch that uh, could be something that we end up feeling that we need. But... It, that, that's a great question. I don't think I can really give that clear of an answer to. That, that, that's something I'm really going to have to think about. I'd like to hear the uh, audience's yeah. thoughts on that one. Yeah. To argue for or against, like what 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 makes this? What? Wh- how are you going to sell to somebody who's who buys wristwatches, traditional mm-hmm. Swiss Army movement? Like, what's going to make you finally put aside the old and go with the new? Uh, and I, I, I just to kind of put it. I don't know if this um, this is going to go too much off on a tangent, but just thinking a lot about that. T- timing of what google's doing with fitbit right now because google's been in the news a lot not for the best reasons yeah of course we know that the doj in the u.s is launching antitrust probes it's already began mm-hmm. uh back in the summer i think they announced they were going to do it yeah with monopolistic and it's not just google they're they're doing this with facebook apple big tech in general over concerns of monopolistic practices you've got that and then you've also got the radiation debate as well Five G devices we yeah. strap to our bodies. What are the long term effects? Mm-hmm. What what do you have any thoughts on that, Joe? Any concerns? Well, this is something that I remember you talking about on uh, on your other podcast with with uh, five G. What's upcoming with that is yeah. that, and I think why it's not too prevalent yet is as I th- I think that maybe some more research and and more studies need to be done just to see, because obviously this is going to be a stronger signal that's out there. We want to make sure, or, you know, at least find out this is going to be harmful uh, to users. Because like you said, a lot of times we have these devices, if not right up against our bodies, pretty damn close. So we want to make sure that we're not causing any long-term harm with this stuff too. Yeah, exactly. Because, kind of tying that back to what we were talking about with the surface and the whole idea of flow and constant interconnectivity, that's essentially what 5G is supposed to do. It's supposed mm-hmm. to have basically Wi-Fi everywhere so that we're constantly on, we're, we're constantly connected. And how is that going to be accomplished? Well, it's good. we're going to have pizza box size mm-hmm. cell towers, not in remote areas anymore, but on every single street corner to facilitate this new higher speed network, which obviously is going to lend itself to smartwatches. Yeah. And when you're bringing all this radiation, like I said, close to your body, that's fine. Maybe it's, for example, in the States, it has to pass the FCC, like a minimal amount of radiation to be safe. But yeah. that doesn't account for long-term effects. That doesn't account for what we're seeing right now with, with bees dying around the cell phone towers. Hmm. And, and you know, already warnings from like the World Health, World Health Organization, the CDC about, okay, well, the electromagnetic frequencies might be carcinogenic. So you might want to keep these devices away from your head and your, your nuts. Yeah. And that's why I, I, I've become kind of a, a tinfoil hat these days. I turn my Wi-Fi off when I have my cell phone in my pocket and I turn my Wi-Fi off my phone when I mm-hmm. have it next to me with my alarm clock. I, I don't really know how much that's mitigating cause there's Wi-Fi running in my apartment. 
There is, yeah. So, <laughs> and, and again, it goes back to how badly do we need this technology? Sure, it's cool. Sure, it's convenient. And like I said, it's great to be able to count your steps and feel, see some sort of visual achievement throughout the day. But but at what long term cost? And and then on the other side, with antitrust, is is Google in trouble? I don't know. It's tough to say. Yeah. Well, it's something that we'll definitely be keeping an eye on as things kind of change or we'll definitely be talking about it. You didn't mention the monopolistic practices too. That's another thing that we could get into briefly too. Even with uh, the computer I'm using, I'm using an Apple Mac for, for those who are wondering. And just recently they, they updated their um, operating system to, to Catalina, they, they call it. Um, they've gone away with naming their operating system after, after cats because I think they ran out of ones to name them after. So now they name after uh, landmarks around the California or the West Coast area. <laughs> Cats. Yeah, and uh, that was a big thing. Uh, the big thing that Steve Jobs was into is naming the operating system after cats. But I, I literally think that they ran out of ones to name it after. But uh, on this most recent uh, version, um, there's a, a feature to where you can use your if you have an iPad that you can basically use it as a second screen. They call it, uh, the the feature is called Sidecar. What's interesting about that though is that shortly before the, this happened, a separate company actually developed this as an app, uh, a paid app. And then I don't know if you uh, ever heard of this term used when it comes to technology and this kind of stuff, they refer to them as getting Sherlocked to where somebody comes up with an idea. And then one of these big companies basically steals that idea and calls it their own. And that's essentially kind of what happened here. I, I don't remember the name of the company. This is something I can do some research on it and maybe update in a future episode here that they, they developed that feature and then Apple went, Hey, that's cool. And I can remember if they maybe just bought out the company for that patent or that idea, or if they just fly out, stole the idea and just called it their own. But we see that all the time in the technology industry. Yeah, that's again, you, you, that's at the heart of this whole antitrust debate right now, especially with Apple and yeah. the way they were running the app store. I remember uh, what I'd heard was they were basically, it, it was, it was, I think it was costing like three times the amount to, mm -hmm. to put out a competing app from third parties yep. so they couldn't even compete with apple anymore so what's happened now is brett kavanaugh uh, who was trump's appointed supreme court judge the guy who went through the whole controversy of the rape case whatever yep. he was actually the tie-breaking vote to allow the lower courts to start litigation against apple for anti-monopolistic practices so the, the floodgates are open here and it'll mm -hmm. be interesting to see how how this this comes out in the wash now Yep. And, and uh, like you just mentioned, and then that's going to be a, a theme of this podcast too, for those who are warning, we're going to be talking about a lot of kind of news going on, new devices and whatnot, but we're also going to be looking at it from the other perspective. And that's why I wanted to bring you on to this podcast so we can get that perspective. I know this stuff is right up your alley. I know you do a lot of research. So that's the main reason why I brought you on board here, man, because I, I, I want to get that perspective and the no BS kind of approach when it comes to this stuff. You know, we could talk about the technology and how cool it is, but we can look at it from your perspective to see, you know, what the possible issues or the side effects and the ramifications that some of this stuff can have as well. Well, thanks, Joe. I, like, I, 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 it's easy to, I, I don't want to come off as like a Luddite no. or any, like a Neo-Luddite or like a Tim Flat. Like I, I accept that technology can be great. It can be a great tool and it's going to be here regardless. Like, for example, 5G, I can speak out against it all I want, but it's coming whether we like it or not. Yep. So how do we coexist with it and not kill ourselves and sell our souls in the process. That's that's the kind of like the middle ground I yeah. want to try to find in this new frontier. 
Absolutely, man. Okay. Well, uh, that about wraps it up for now. And um, unless there's anything else that's kind of happened, for those who also follow us on uh, the other show that I do, Turnbuckle Talk, what notoriously happens on here, in case you're not aware too, uh, Gunstar, is that uh, after we wrap up recording, there's usually some kind of big news that happens in the world of professional wrestling. Uh, With the technology, maybe that becomes an ongoing theme. So uh, after we stop recording here, I'll be watching... The, the news uh, sites and whatnot. If, if anything big happens, we'll be talking about the next episode because that just seems to be kind of what happens around here. So, yeah, we'll, we'll uh, if anything huge comes up, we'll definitely be talking about it. Amen to that. All right, man, we'll wrap up and we'll see you guys on the next one. See you again.